Hello, and welcome to the Read to Know podcast, where the goal is to actually remember what you read so then you can better apply it to your life. On this podcast, we go through a book one chapter at a time, and then we actually practice remembering what we've read. So if you want to follow along, we're currently working our way through Bob Goff's book, Dream Big. I'm Zach Brown, and my friend Chris Yarber is joining me to help discuss and break down this book. Also, if you're on Apple Podcasts, it would be huge if you left a rating and review for us. It would help out a ton. If you're not on Apple Podcasts, no worries. Just send this to a friend who might be interested. Anyway, thanks again for listening, and enjoy the conversation. Zach, we now have the number for the White House. We do. It, it is the. I was surprised when I looked at the table of contents to see this as a chapter title, but we we have it. I mean, as Bob says in this chapter, chapter eighteen, the people in the White House change. Of course, the president changes, but the number probably not going to change. So, did you call them? We can no, but I I I want to just to see. But if I'm going to call them, then just like this book says, the subtitle says, "Make the call and know what to say." That's really what he's talking about here. Really, this chapter is about opportunities once again, but there's a little bit of a distinction. A couple things he draws out that he didn't in uh, yesterday's chapter. One of those things is, you know, just because there is an opportunity doesn't mean that every opportunity is the right opportunity. So we want to be specific and methodical about what opportunities we chase and which ones we don't. But when when you do hop onto an opportunity that you think is the right one, you know, it starts with knowing who to call. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, and they knew that they wanted to call the White House him and his son when his son wasn't feeling, feeling well, uh, which I would have been just as so- shocked as his son was when he, you know, uh, found out that his dad was actually calling the White House. But then also Bob knew what to say, which is why he did get to the president's office, which is pretty, I mean, that's pretty close. The president didn't talk to him. Right. But the president's office, I mean, that's not bad. And I think that's all because he he knew what to say when he called. So I don't know what I would say if I called, but I'm glad that I have the number. And uh, I'll be thinking about what to say when I do call. Right, yeah. He says, you know, he says, you're unstoppable. You have the White House's number. Right. You know, there's nothing, you know, you got everything you need. Exactly. <laughs> and so, you know, yeah, this chapter is very closely related to the last chapter. Mm-hmm. And it's an addition, kind of like an additional thought to the last chapter in that, yeah, you got to figure out who you're going to call and you got to figure out who you need or who you want to make connections with when you're, you know, looking at moving the ball down the field. But the other important thing is knowing what you're going to say because you don't want to waste other people's time because when you get someone's attention, as he says here, he has his phone number in the back of all of his books. If you call me, he said, that's great. I'll answer. But you got to know what you want to say <laughs> yeah. because I won't I don't have all day. Right. You yeah. Know? And if you're if you're talking to someone, especially in that circle in which, you know, you're whether it's whether it's a certain career, or certain subject wherever that person, however that person may be related to an ambition that you're chasing, 
you know, you don't want to talk to them about the weather or about what your dog did yesterday or something or something like that. You know, you want to you want to call, you want to know what what to say, you want to know what to to ask for. I think that other person is going to appreciate that and the conversation that you have with that person even if it is short is going to be concrete and worthwhile. It's going to have its effective purpose because you've named an effect on it in the first place. You've given definition to it by understanding what you're going to say when you call instead of just uh, calling or contacting someone and, and being like, um, 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 hi, you know, kind of starstruck right. in a sense. Uh, because, uh, I feel like if there are a couple of people that I have in my mind, when, when it comes to certain ambitions that I have, that I certainly look up to and follow, if I had a chance to talk with them just on the spot, not knowing what I'm going to say first, I think you'd kind of be a little star struck you know, kind of, uh, with that celebrity kind of, uh, view. And, uh, so anyway, you gotta know what you right. gonna say. And that's why he says there's some time that needs to be taken, used before you make the call, before you make the connection so that you're prepared and you know what you want to say, because one, it's good for you. It looks good on your part, but then also it shows respect to that person because again, right. you're taking their time and energy and attention from something else that they could be doing. And usually because you want to make a connection with them or you're looking up to that person, Usually it's because they are a busy person and they're a very, you know, they're very accomplished. And so their time is valuable. Yeah. Um, so you need to be prepared. And right. that's what he's that's what he's saying here with this chapter. Um, you know, I think it's funny, too, because he mentions he mentions in this chapter, he said, you'd be surprised at how many people called him and said, is this really you? <laughs> right. Is this really you? Right. Right. And that may be what they've decided to say. And maybe that's the question that they, that they have, you know, is this really, is this really your number? Um, and I think it really, really does show genuine respect and interest to other, other people when you, when you take the time to think before you, you connect person to person with them. Um, as you said, it, deals a lot to them. It deals a lot to you because I, I like to assume I've gotten in the habit now. I like to assume that everyone is busy because most of us, most of us really are. But even for people, if you're not sure about on the outside, they may not look too busy, but you really don't know what kind of stress and anxiety people may be facing on, on the inside because that all kind of hits us in different ways. Mm -hmm. And so we may not actually be tremendously busy on the outside, but, uh, if, if we're respectful of other people's time and stuff like that, that, that in a sense is showing genuine interest in them, which is right. going to help push our ambitions right. forward. So there's a balance here because you got at that right there with that last thing that you said. There's a balance because in the last chapter we said we need to make the, these mm -hmm. connections. We need to reach out to more people. Right. Right. But we also want to be respectful of them because they are busy. And I think that's a good assumption to make. There's a good assumption to make that they are busy. Right. So, but you can't, you can't think of it like, oh, they're too busy that yeah. I should just not even do any, I shouldn't say anything. I shouldn't reach out. That's the wrong uh, mindset to have. So you have right. to have this balance and be like, they are busy. So I should be respectful of their time, but this is too important that I need to, I need to reach out. So there's exactly. a, there's that balance there that you have to find in, in that because you could be one way where you don't reach out at all because you just assume everyone's just too busy right or you reach out and you're too scatterbrained and you're not you're not fully uh respecting their time and energy and attention the way that you could be yes because you don't value their time right enough 
Yeah, and, and opportunities has that balance to it as well. We we do want to chase opportunities at the same time. We also want to be a good judge and character of right. is this the right opportunity? And so and so it's a balance. And even if you uh, try on an opportunity, as he speaks of earlier in the book, if you try on uh, an opportunity or an ambition, and you find out that maybe that wasn't the right opportunity, then at least you were direct and you knew what to say. So it didn't take too much of your time. And then you can move forward and, and right. learn from that. And another reason he gives here as to why preparing before you make the call is important because it also helps you just kind of think through what you're doing and who you're reaching out to and really determine, is this a good opportunity to even chase? Because he says that we can make, we can, we can try and chase too many opportunities that we actually just get bogged down right. and we actually make less progress because we're because we're too scatterbrained across a bunch of different things. And so really taking the time to sit and think about what you're going to say, what you're going to do, who you're going to call, that helps you pinpoint and just not, you know, call random 50 people, you know, at random right. in a day and none of them have anything related to do to the other in that what you're trying to do, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Um you know, because because you need to be focused. And he says it's okay to move slower if it's focused movement right you know yeah and and so that's the other reason why being prepared and knowing what to say knowing who you're going to call knowing what to say is important as well right yeah don't 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 be in a rush he mentioned he mentioned in chapter 17 you know get get over kind of this instant gratification um don't don't be in a rush take it slowly i think that's why there's steps to this it starts with it starts with research, and then it comes to the actual contact coming to um, break even with that opportunity to kind of enter into. Uh, first, we're looking at the opportunity from an outside, and then by making this actual connection, we kind of go inside of that opportunity a little bit more. And so we we want to do that, but you're right, we right. need to take our time when right. we do. And it's not just to even respect other people's time, but it's also to respect your time. Yes, because you can't just reach out to everyone and spend your time doing that and not and get distracted by all of that and not work on the things that you actually need to work on. You right. know, he says, you know, he talks about you have to protect your attention as much as someone else that you may be trying to reach is trying to protect their attention. Right. You know, it's it's, you know, time is our most precious resource. It is. And we need to remember that when we're trying to do these things because we can't spread ourselves too thin. We're going to run out of time. Yeah. And that's kind of how he wraps up this chapter mm -hmm. is that we need to not just explore opportunities, but explore them effectively. Yeah, exactly. Uh, one one section he has in here, if we could go ahead and open open the book, mm -hmm. um, one section he has in here, which which I'm glad that he added it, is when when you try to multitask your ambitions, because not, not only do we want to um, make contact and call someone who's going to help us with our ambitions, you know, to get to the point, but he also makes a point that, you know, as we look for opportunities, we also at the same time have to be, you know, we have to look for those opportunities, but when it comes to our work, we have to be singular focused. And he says that when you try to multitask your ambitions, you're actually just doing a lot of little disjointed things one one at a time with very little focus. And so it's this it's this there's this duo here of we have to look for opportunities, but when it comes to our ambitions, we really have to one track 
that ambition. We're not really good. And our brains are not even wired. He says our brains are wired to focus one thing at a time. We're not even created to focus on multiple things at a time. So we have to keep that in mind. Yes, we look for different opportunities, search those out. But when it comes to chasing our dreams and our ambitions, we really are made to be singular focused. Right. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, he says, he says here, um, you know, it's okay talking about that, you know, being focused on things. It's okay to slow down and remember where you left off on one thing and started the next. You know what I mean? You can spin your wheels for weeks laying track only to find that none of it really connects. That's right. And uh, it's okay to slow down and, and refigure yourself out, understand where you're at and where your next steps are. You know, be methodical, intentional, and consistent, and you'll blow your mind with the progress that you can make. That's what he says here. So right. protect your attention. Right. Yeah, we have to we have to protect our attention. We have to be singular focused. We also have to be fully present where we are. He says to and this is probably one of my favorite quotes from this chapter to explore opportunities effectively. He writes, you must be fully present where you are. You have to be where you are. Um, he says that this will require some moves on your part uh, to lose the distractions, to break up uh, with stress. Um, so. We have to protect our attention is really what he's trying to say by that. He ends that specific paragraph where that quote is with that. We have to protect our attention. And so we do have to be intentional, consistent, those things that you listed. Because the goal with protecting your attention Mm -hmm. is that, you know, just because it's an opportunity doesn't mean it's the right one. The, The goal is I want he wants us to be so clear about what we want to see in our life that we won't confuse what's important commitments versus the unimportant ones exactly right we want to be so clear that we understand the difference between what's an important commitment and what's an unimportant one right because if we get ourselves too lost in the weeds with exploring opportunities we end up finding out that some of the commitments that we've made in exploring opportunities turns out to be unimportant ones right he says that commitments will cost you time this is why it's important that commitments will cost you time and you can't create more of that you can create a lot of things in your life but time is is not one of them right and, uh, you know, a little kind of teaser for future chapters here. He says people chasing their ambitions get really good at saying no in just the right way. And he says, I'll show you how in a little uh-huh. bit. So not in this chapter, but in a future chapter, we'll dive more into that idea of how to say no, right. um, which is really important. But, you know, he just ends the chapter saying, keep on task, you know, make sure it squares what you're doing, squares up with what you believe and then throw everything you have at it. Mm-hmm. He says, Uh, here a little closer to the end that maybe some past choices or current responsibilities are standing between you and the progress you need to make. And so we we need to make some moves. Yes, look at every single opportunity there is. When you find an opportunity you believe is the right one, know which call to make and chase that ambition. But let's be singular focused when it comes to that ambition. He does say earlier in the book, you know, as you make a list and you vet that, yes, sometimes you can chase some smaller ambitions on your way to a larger ambition because that kind of gets your momentum shift. But when it when it comes especially to those larger ambitions, we have to be singular focused. Uh, we can't multitask. We have to be consistent. We have to be present. We have to protect our attention. So a lot of good material just from this really small chapter. Right. Yeah, exactly. And the way he ends it here is how he kind of begins the next chapter and moving into part four, clear the path now. Um, he kind of picks up where he left off in this chapter. Uh, at chapter 19, hostage negotiation. Mm-hmm. Figure out what's holding you back. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the chapter for tomorrow. Yes. 
Um, if you had any thoughts, those of you listening had any thoughts about this chapter that we read today, feel free to reach out to us at Read to Know Pod on all social platforms, read to know pod at gmail.com. Any of those would work great. Let us know if you have any thoughts on this chapter. We'd love to hear from you. Yes. And if also we would love to read any ratings and reviews that you can do on Apple Podcast. And uh, if you screenshot or copy and paste that, send it to our email, read to know pod at gmail. We'd love to read those, and we would also share those on the show. So thank you for doing that so that other people can see what we're up to. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening. We'll see you tomorrow for Chapter 19, Hostage Negotiation.